0: I think just one of the aspects for me around, you know, reskilling and upskilling, it's important about employee mobility,
1: yeah.
0: you know, and what what's why are we doing these things, you know? What's the result? What's the outcome that we want? And it comes back to the purpose and the passion. And for us, it's to leave no one behind. Yeah. So as organizations inevitably go through tectonic shifts, they need to adapt. They need to reinvent their business model. And people serve and then are less valuable as time goes on. But what responsibility do we have in order to make sure that they're mobile to move within an organization? It's a social and economic
1: benefit to do so. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I always enjoy very much nerding out with people that are aligned with this powerful idea of creating a sense of urgency to reskill and upskill the global workforce and get everybody ready for all the things that we know will be happening from now on down the road in what we call the future of work. I am very pleased to welcome my friend Ross, who is the co-founder and CEO, CEO of AQAI. He's very passionate about purpose-driven organizations. He's very uh, uh, enthusiastic about technology. But moreover, he really, really loves the idea of reskilling and upskilling this global workforce. Ross, welcome to the show. How are you, man?
0: Thanks, Enrique. I'm doing great. And the feeling's mutual. You know, I love (laughs) hanging out together. And it's about human connection, right? Yeah. Uh, In life and in work. Um, Yeah. And I I think just one of the aspects for me around, you know, reskilling and upskilling, it's important about employee mobility,
1: yeah.
0: you know, and what, what's, why are we doing these things? You know, what's the result? What's the outcome that we want? And it comes back to the purpose and the passion. And for us, it's to leave no one behind. Yeah. So as organizations inevitably go through tectonic shifts, they need to adapt, they need to reinvent their business model and people serve and then are less valuable as time goes on. But what responsibility do we have in order to make sure that they're mobile to move within an organization? It's a social and economic benefit to do so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know you and I share a concern and that is how do we convince people that what we're telling them is urgent is urgent. And what I mean by that is, You know, we've gone through the experience of the brick and mortar retail industry. You know, 20 plus years ago, they were told the internet will disrupt your business. Many of them were like, that's never going to happen to us. People will never stop buying, you know, from our stores. Look at what's happening today. Amazon top 10, Fortune 500 company, and some of the most well-known brick and mortar retail stores are bankrupt now. The, the the famous story of Nokia not getting to not getting into the smartphone world, uh, BlackBerry not getting into the touchscreen uh, uh, kind of world, Kodak not getting into the digital photography world. So, for some reason, it's hard for people to believe that the things we're telling them that w- will happen will actually happen, and for them to get ready. How do we instill the sense of urgency in them?
0: Do you know, that's a really good kind of question and area to think about and if we come back to our childhood right there's a very big difference between our parents saying don't touch that it's hot to us going and touching it and going oh that was hot it's hot (laughs) and a lot of it in you know human nature a sense of a story a sense of something happening if it's of distance to us how it relates to us has time. You know, say, so, ah, this is happening here, this is happening here. And whether we feel it or not, sometimes we have to touch the hot plate. Yeah. Sometimes it has to come close to us, whether that's a health concern. You know, our healthcare is about sick care, not preventative. Yeah. You know, we wait till something's wrong and then we go, oh, can you please fix me? Same is true of a lot of people's careers, they wait till it's broken to fix it a lot of people's companies and leadership teams, they wait till something's not working and then fix it. And the reality now is that the time in which to fix it has shifted and changed. Yeah. In a linear world, we could, we could survive in that kind of aspect. The governance, the risk, the procedures we had, when it breaks, oh, we can fix it. We've got a great team for that. We can nudge the efficiency, we can get leaner and we can extend the core a little bit and we'd be okay. Whereas now, because we're in this exponential world, just off that ball of, okay, it's broken, it's broken and it's catastrophic. Yeah. So the realities of urgency is, is for me, it's not a choice. It's a case of, okay, if you don't see it, you won't exist anymore, yeah. you'll be yeah. blindsided. Yeah. And maybe you need that to be felt. Yeah. You know, in nature, we need sometimes death to have the Phoenix, to have yeah. rebirth. Yeah. And so that death is whether you choose it and it's on your own terms, or whether it happens to you without you choosing and you have to then pick yourself up. Those yeah. are really the two choices is yeah. whether you decide to unlearn, to cut something off, to stop doing something by your own choice, or whether it happens to you. Yeah. So I, I, I think I, you know, it's a different framing for me rather than yeah. oh, you've got to realize, Enrique, you, you, everybody, you know, this is urgent. This is urgent you're going to experience the urgency. Yeah. It's just whether or not you decide to do
1: that or it
0: happens yeah. for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that is incredibly powerful. And let, let me connect this to one of perhaps the most undervalued skills for anybody out there. Uh, it's so powerful, but yet uh, uh, you know undervalued. And it is the idea of those who are convinced of something To convince others of that something, whether it be a storytelling with data, you choose, right? But what I'm saying here is, there are people who work in companies, and they they know because they read, they understand what's going to happen to that industry or to that company down the road, and yet they have so much difficulty trying to convince their senior leaders, their uh, you know the decision makers in the company, to see the world as in, let me choose to get ready for what may happen instead of letting these things happen to me and then me disappearing. What would you tell to those who are seeing that future so that they can become better salespeople, you know, selling these ideas? To be
0: those champions to of change. Because they're doing
1: it through care,
0: right? They care about the future and those people and they want them to see these things. And it links to a couple of bits. So we have, of course, a range of biases, You know, an idea bias. If I've seen it, then I'm gonna attach to it closer. So I've seen this, I believe in it, therefore I become a champion of that. If it wasn't mine, or I haven't been involved or experienced it, it might be harder for me to feel an attachment to it. So I think there's a few things. When we go on our discovery, our curiosity to find these things out, it's often been a series of events That's drawn us to a conclusion Mm. and then when we have that conclusion often what we do is share the conclusion and expect somebody to see it the same way we do and they haven't taken the steps along the way to realize that that conclusion is indeed inevitable so i think there's a few ways we can try to overcome this so when we are the champion of something we have a belief or an idea and we're trying to get people to understand and see it our way If we know what motivates them, if we know their kind of approach to mental flexibility, how open they are to new ideas, if we can understand, you know, do they need the burning ambition or the burning platform to trigger the way in which they see things? Once we identify that and understand it, we can communicate to them in the way that they can hear it, not in the way in which we might understand as the person saying the information so that's one aspect the other aspect Enrique I think is to take people outside of their bubble Mm -hmm. outside of their echo chamber we talk about it a lot but we rarely do it and we rarely do it when the pressure's on when we're in survival mode and you know we're being asked to change and adapt so quickly rarely do we actually just pause and look look around, we're in reaction mode. You know, our cognitive ability is impaired. You know, the way that we respond is not appropriate often because we're under high stress. If we can create a safe cocoon to go off and explore some of these things, even just a day or two days, to go and uh, speak to other people, go and experience other things, to be an, in essence, expanding our horizons, that gives us an opportunity to connect to it. But then there's still the challenge of making it real for a person yeah uh, and you know i think that is part of the challenge of reskilling you know we have these challenges to ah what do i need to do what what is it that uh, i need to have and how do i go about doing it yeah it, they're difficult complex challenges
1: yeah and i i i, I agree with you and and, and it, it actually i'm not preaching the choir here because even for me Sometimes I, I I want to shake up people and tell them like, these are changing. You got to get ready. And, y- you know, I, I probably would be better off if I step back a little bit and say, let me provide a little bit of a safe space, you yeah. know, for people to see what, what could happen. I was actually watching, re-watching the movie Waterworld with Kevin Costner recently. I don't know if you watched the movie with the image where, you know, he's diving down to the to the cities underwater and he there's a there's a bubble where there's a human inside the bubble she's breathing the air in the bubble and what he's doing is showing her you know how the cities are looking like under the the water so it's kind of like a similar approach in here you know it is like if you have an ability to maybe breathe underwater for a little bit longer try to provide a safer space a bubble of air for somebody else to to show them what that future could look like. And I think that's such a powerful uh, way to not convince them, but help them see for themselves, right? Yeah. Um, that's uh, an important part. Yeah.
0: I just want to pick up on one real sure. quick bit there is, is because those that often need the most help aren't ready. Yeah, If we look at the challenges in dealing with addictions or trauma or various things, people need to have a self-realization and a self-awareness, point event or moment before they're ready to take on yeah. new information on new light yeah and so whilst you know we see it we want to prevent them before they touch that hot plate yeah. no don't touch it Enrique it's hot yeah. it's hot <laughs> but actually you need to touch it first to realize yeah. it's hot to be able to then go ah I understand now yeah. I'll put the systems in place to do it so sometimes we can be too protective yeah and we need them to feel the fire need them to feel the heat need them to okay try and breathe. Yeah. And balance that with then when they struggle, I've got a safety bubble for you.
1: Yeah. I love that. I I, I love that. I, I think it's quite quite a strong call to action for for any leader. And um, in our case, of course, HR leaders to mm-hmm. to do two things, to be able to imagine that world and themselves get ready for that world. And at the same time provide the opportunities for people to experiment, you know, to be curious and fail if that was needed, of course, but provide the safety of, okay, now you touch the hot plate, but I'm here with you. And I'm going yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to help you heal. And I'm going to help you learn from the experience to move forward in a, in a better way than, than before. So Ross, as we wrap up this conversation, I, I want to ask you one last question you know there's so much complexity around the topics of reskilling and upskilling there's so much to learn there's and you know you learn something today and it already changed tomorrow so so let me ask you this if there were a couple of things that you would want for for everybody to keep in mind when they are thinking about reskilling and upskilling just a couple of things that are tangible for them what would those two things be
0: I think it would be to reframe reskilling and knowledge from our current perception of knowledge and ed- education. Because yeah. a lot of that is about acquisition of capability mm. to achieve an end result that's valuable. And so therefore we focus a lot on technical aspects and we call these other things of soft skills or essential <laughs> skills, uh, less valuable. Yeah. And I think in a world that is changing so rapidly and quickly, the skills to be able to deal with ambiguity, to deal with uncertainty are where to focus because those are eternally valuable for us. As we shift, we can be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And so there's no surprise why, you know, a lot of these big houses, you know, LinkedIn's, you know, workplace survey report put resilience and adaptability as the number one skill that they're looking for for people to reskill and and apply so i think for for me it's about that is that going from this shift of i need to acquire knowledge to i need to be able to have the methods and principles to deal with ever evolving new information and new skills i need and if you don't know who is you know adaptable who's resilient who's not how they do it then it's very difficult it's very very difficult and i think I did want to share an opportunity where we did it last year, a big survey with your community for people to be able to benefit from understanding how and why their teams adapt so that they can put in the support mechanisms. And we've got another program happening this year where we've got some spaces for organizations to get a complimentary access to do their own research study. There's various terms around it because this global piece We're wanting thousands of data points to look at how people adapt, why they adapt. So that's something I also wanted to share as a key starting rung for people doing reskilling and upskilling programs is to know, know that baseline.
1: Absolutely. Well, Ross, thank you so much for spending this time with me. You know, we were nerding out through all the conversation. and I love it. And I'm hoping that others are inspired to continue to learn and uh, so thank you so much for spending this time with me. For everybody, please check out A- AQAI. You know, bring their assessments, their support to your organization. They are helping you envision the future, know where you are today, know, know where the gap is and how to get ready to overcome that gap. So please check them out. Everybody, thank you so much for being with us today. And I'll see you all in the next episode of the Hacking Nature podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.